right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Extra Point Podcast. It's Tuesday, September 29th, and I'm glad you've joined us. I'm Todd Stiles, one of the pastors at First Family, and thanks for listening in to this episode. We just finished last Sunday with a month-long series on church discipline, and I want to take a little time in this episode of the Extra Point Podcast to emphasize two things that uh, we just didn't have the the time to emphasize in in the in a longer way on Sunday, and this is really just to make sure that we are as clear as possible on two important issues. First of all, it, the first one concerns this. Uh, so, what sins are disciplined? That's a question that I've been asked several times. Some wonder: Is it just the sins mentioned in this list of First Corinthians five, such as? Uh, greed, swindling, idolatry, sexual morality, reviler, or drunkenness. Are those the only ones? Um, or are there other ones? And who determines that list? And, and I think it would be very appropriate and helpful to, to say this with, with great clarity. And we've said this in the services, but let's just repeat it. It's not necessarily the sin that's disciplined. It's the unrepentant attitude of the sinning member. That's what we're, uh, we're, we have issue with because we all have sin. We all are battling Satan. We're waging war. In fact, we're waging war together against sin. It's part of our job as the community of Christ. Uh, John would tell us that no one's without sin. Uh, and so there's no sense in which we think someone's perfect or without it. And so it may be a number of sins. It could be one in particular. It could be one of these. It may be a different one. But I think that the actual sin itself is secondary, and the primary issue is the attitude of unrepentance. And so that's why we've been saying for these four weeks, the church must deal with blatant, unrepentant sin. And we've shied away from naming the sin, except from teaching through the text, of course. In this situation, it was an incestuous relationship. And we've mentioned the ones here that Paul mentions, but he's speaking here of those who embrace these sins in a long-term, unrepentant, blatant fashion. Much like John would describe in his first epistle that uh, he describes disobedient people as not part of the family of God. He's meaning there, and the, and the verb tense in the Greek would show this, those who have a continuous practice of just embracing sin. And so the Bible says that's the attitude that we are to uh, bring to someone's attention with the hopes of bringing them back into the fold, into the church, uh, where they have the right attitudes towards sin. And those that continue to be unrepentant and blatantly embrace sin in a long-term fashion with no regard to God's commands, were to take action uh, and discipline, discipline them as a church. But it's not the sin, it's the attitude towards it that we're really aiming to change. So just understand that and hold that closely so that we all understand clearly what's happening. I think the next thing I want to address is that when discipline occurs, when the action of a humbly restorative removal occurs so that it eventually draws the person back, we're told in the Bible in this chapter that it's to be one in which we now do not associate with that person. And some think this means we're to be unfriendly a word to never speak to them. And, and I want to clearly say this does not reference unfriendliness. 
what it really references is a removal from the official fellowship. And by that we mean in particular the privilege of communion, of things pertaining to the body of Christ. Specifically, that thing called communion that actually shows us to be one in Christ. You see, communion is a time in the gathering of the church that we symbolize what it means for many to become one. I've taught you this before, that baptism is when we show uh, one into many. But communion is when we visibly show many into one. And so if you have someone in your fellowship who is intentionally, blatantly unrepentant towards sin, the very thing that Christ died to destroy, they're embracing it and, and holding it close and not repenting of it, then to actually partake of communion with them is hypocritical. It's a, it's a non sequitur. It doesn't make sense visibly, spiritually, or physically. In fact, this is why Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 5, and we went over this Sunday, he uses the word associate. He says, don't associate with them. Then he, I think, specifies what he means when he says, don't even eat with such a one. And their eating probably refers to the love feast, as it was known in that culture, or the Lord's table or communion. Because in that moment, you're actually quite intimately associating with someone on a spiritual level in Christ's presence. And you're saying you're one with them. And together you're one in Christ. But if they're blatantly holding on to sin, if they're embracing that, if they're sleeping with sin, so to speak, while they say they're married to Christ, that doesn't work, church. And so we're to remove them from that um, official um, privilege that's what the Bible refers to when it speaks of church discipline. It's a, an official removal uh, from associating in those things that particularly imply intimacy and relationship and connection. And they're removed from those benefits. It doesn't mean that we're unfriendly to them, that we don't speak to them and see them. Um, and when we do see them, that we're, we're not, you know, hospitable and polite. None of that's in view here. In fact, I think Paul further reinforces this by using the very same word here he used for associate. He used it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And he said, we're to have nothing to do with an idle brother. What he means there is uh, keep them, uh, what I call the discipline of distance, keep them at a distance from the things in the church, the benefits, the privileges that actually imply explicitly um, uh, that we are one because intentionally embracing sin when you're actually spiritually married to Christ those uh, don't correlate and so discipline is required at that point and discipline is this official action of the church in which we remove someone from the church's benefits and privileges namely those things that um, particularly communicate intimate relationship and association. I, I want to make sure that's clear because while we want to be um, diligent in judging ourselves and in discerning sin among us and dealing with sin in our midst that's unrepentant, we want to be the friendliest, most hospitable people in our community. And so I just want to encourage you, as Paul said here, uh, I would not keep your eye 
on the world and try to judge it. Uh, that's not even our job in this sense. Yes, we're to be discerning, uh, circumspect, of course. But in regards to judging sin, uh, our main focus should be on the sin in our life and the sin in our church. And if we'll do that, while at the same time holding a, an incredibly friendly, hospitable attitude toward those outside the church, which, by the way, once you remove someone from the church's official fellowship and privileges and benefits, they would be on the outside, I would say have all the friendliness you can to them in that sense. As a lost person, treat them like what Paul would say, an unbeliever. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a winsomeness and a spirit of, of love that needs to permeate our community and those who are not within the church. This is a tough balance. It's, it's a thing we have to grasp with two hands and try to hold two concepts that can seem differing. But God's Spirit will empower us for the task. And I would encourage you, even in times of church discipline, let's be the most loving people on the planet to those who aren't part of our church and show them that being God's church, uh, while it may be counterculture, is not counter-friendly. And it doesn't run against the uh, value of love. Hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening in. I trust this past month has been very helpful in your walk with Christ. I'll see you next week on the Extra Point Podcast.